0: This is an ABC News special report. Now reporting, David Muir. Good morning. We're coming on the air with breaking news from the Supreme Court at this hour. The Justice is handing down the there highly no anticipated ruling on abortion and
1: right the fate of the landmark abortion. Roe v. Wade decision. This is a majority opinion
0: American written by Justice Samuel Alito. Some news now. Very close to the several Justice that Roe v. Wade must be overturned. Even though America was graced for the decision from 1973. On January 22, 1973, the Supreme Court issued its ruling on Roe v. Wade. The case enshrined the federal protection to an abortion based on an interpretation of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court last year in a case called Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. I'm Preston Burdett. And this is Dobbs v. Jackson and the mitigating effects of executive action.
1: We will hear argument this morning in case nineteen thirteen ninety-two, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization.
0: It wasn't very long ago, abortion was federally protected in the United States. Here in Wisconsin, abortion medication and procedures were being offered to pregnant people until the Supreme Court decided on June 24th, 2022, to reverse over 49 years of precedent, overturning both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Today, the national landscape on abortion looks drastically different yet all too familiar for the women who fought for the federal protection to abortion back in the 1970s. How did we get here? What changed? And most importantly, what does this mean for family planning and reproductive freedoms in this country? To understand Dobbs v. Jackson is to understand the role of the judiciary in U.S. politics. And let me make myself very clear. The judiciary is just as influenced, just as politically provocative, as any other branch of our government. To interpret the law is no less political than the very people writing them. And in my opinion, the court has never been free of political influence and pressure. But the political precedent of the United States Supreme Court pales in comparison to the level of political manipulation one party has inflicted upon our highest judicial body.
1: Can a decision be overruled simply because it was erroneously wrong? Even if nothing has changed between the time of that decision and the time when The court is called upon to consider whether it should be overruled. Yes or no? Can you give me a yes or no answer on that?
0: This court, no, has never overruled in that situation. Roe enacted a nationwide protection to abortion and restricted states from enacting laws banning the procedure. In the 90s, the court revisited Roe in a case called Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which reaffirmed that states could not restrict abortion until the fetus reached viability. Exactly 30 years after the courts revisited Roe, a highly conservative Supreme Court, of which one-third was appointed by former President Donald Trump, took it upon themselves to revisit the case for a third time. Now, I'm not saying this as a fan of this saying, As a biochemistry major, I genuinely feel like this a lot of the time. But that being said, you have to have been living under a rock to be surprised that Roe was overturned by this court. Roe was overruled with the Dobbs case last summer. And in a second, nationwide protection to abortion ended, and trigger bans went into effect all across the nation. But that's not to say pro-choice activists and legislators didn't fight back. But what will take years in political organization and legislation, the Supreme Court took away with the stroke of a pen, or more accurately, the publishing of a PDF document on a government website. Shockwaves from the decision were felt across the nation in states like Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1800s abortion ban immediately went into effect, shuttering the doors of abortion providers across the state leaving pregnant people to travel to seek abortion care elsewhere and at their own cost. President Joe Biden attempted to mitigate the fallout from the Dobbs decision, issuing executive actions aimed at protecting different means to an abortion in whatever way possible. Biden issued an order declaring medication abortions still partially protected by the federal government. Biden aimed to use the United States Postal Service, to deliver medication abortion pills to people across the nation who had a valid prescription. This order informally collaborated with policy from the United States Food and Drug Administration, which relaxed the rules regarding medication abortion pills following the COVID-19 pandemic. The FDA changed the rules on abortion pills, no longer requiring the medication to be dispensed in the presence of a physician. In a somewhat simple, yet nonetheless important order, Biden stated that since the United States Postal Service and the Food and Drug Administration are federal entities controlled by the executive branch, they are operating within their federal right to deliver medication to people across the nation. Yet that simple executive action would ignite a litigious firestorm, causing the federal courts to issue three antithetical rulings and the Supreme Court putting a stay in place while the courts hear the cases likely setting up another Supreme Court case regarding abortion. But before we get into the litigative nightmare that was the spring of 2023, it's important to understand how the United States regulates medical devices and medications, as well as distributes them across the nation. The FDA was given authority by Congress to regulate medications on a national level. This delegation of power is nothing new in US history. For instance, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has the power to stop cruise ships from entering U.S. ports as it did during the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Secretary of the Treasury has the power to change interest rates based on inflation. This delegation of power to various institutions within our federal government is an open topic of discussion within the judiciary, as the courts have the authority to regulate and control the level of power that these institutions have. Recently, with this Supreme Court, They have rolled back the amount of power certain divisions have, such as the Environmental Protections Agency, and they could potentially rule that the FDA is working outside of its authority to approve drugs used for medication abortions. But how did we get to a point where our judiciary is making inappropriate decisions on what drugs can and cannot be given to Americans?
1: Case 191392, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization.
0: Earlier this year, an anti abortion activist group called Alliance Defending Freedom sued the FDA over its approval of the abortion pill mifepristone. Mifepristone is a drug that has been used for over 20 years and is clinically proven to be safe and effective. The group sued on the basis that the FDA did not have authorization to approve a drug which they deem unsafe. Even though their claims are not based in science or fact, the group purposefully chose to present the case to a Trump appointee in Texas, who is known for his anti-abortion stances. The Texas judge ruled that the FDA overstepped in its ability in approving Mifepristone, and Mifepristone's FDA approval would be overruled. If this decision were allowed to go into effect, doctors' offices and pharmacies would no longer be able to dispense mifepristone for medication abortion, which is the most common means of terminating a pregnancy in the United States. But that's not quite what happened. Just 180 seconds after Judge Matthew Kaczmarek issued his ruling that abortion pills would no longer be authorized by the FDA, a federal judge in the state of Washington released a decision which indicated that abortion pills must stay FDA approved and available in states where abortion is legal. 17 states and the District of Columbia banded together to also sue the FDA, but this time suing the institution to ensure Mifepristone stays on the shelves. With two public dissents, the Supreme Court decided to put a stay in all cases relating to Mifepristone until the cases are allowed to play out, handing the Biden administration a huge victory even with such a conservative court. Currently, Judge Kass-Merrick is hearing the Texas case, which is likely to set up another abortion battle, landing right back at the hands of nine non-elected justices, without medical degrees, without any proper medical training, background, or experience, deciding whether a medication is allowed to be dispensed in any case. The word unprecedented has seemed to lose meaning for me. If the Supreme Court were, to reverse the FDA approval on mifepristone, unprecedented doesn't even scratch the surface. Reversal of the FDA's approval on mifepristone would not only be a democratic nightmare, but truly horrific for bodily autonomy, our ability to trust the sanctity of our already battered healthcare system, and our trust in the very fabric of our democracy. Restricting abortion has had many negative effects on the people of our nation, and further sequestering access to the termination of a pregnancy will only exacerbate this issue. Pew research shows that over 60% of Americans support abortion access in all or almost all cases, while less than 40% of Americans support banning abortion in most cases. Furthermore, the people who are disproportionately affected by systemic injustices are hurt the most by these bans. The NIH shows that just over half of all women seeking abortions are living below the federal poverty line. Three-quarters were unable to afford necessities like food and rent, and nearly two-thirds of women seeking abortions had already had children. Dismantling reproductive freedoms in the United States will further harm the people who are already subject to systemic inequalities, and restricting medication access for these women destroys the fabric of our healthcare system. Women in GOP-controlled states would no longer be having conversations about their bodies with health care providers, rather with legislators. Along with that, abortion restrictions come with serious mental health implications for women. The New England Journal of Medicine shows that not only does abortion not lead to mental health harm, as accepted by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, and the American Psychological Association, But women who are turned away from abortion care are more likely to have high levels of stress, lower levels of self-esteem, and increased anxiety. These negative mental health implications are disproportionately seen in minorities as women who are represented by minority groups are more likely to be put in situations where they need to seek an abortion. Here with me today to discuss the implications of the restrictions in abortion care is my good friend, Emily Birch. To start, how do you think things have changed following the Supreme Court's ruling on Dobbs v. Jackson?
1: Well, it really disgusts me that the court, government, literally anybody that's not a doctor can tell me what to do with my body. I feel like the vibes are off. Like, it wasn't the same that it was years ago. Now it feels like Everybody, myself included, we're all looking over our shoulders seeing what's going to happen next. Especially now that doctors and stuff and, and like the Bible Belt states are trying to track women's periods and stuff to see if they're like having secret abortions. That's really messed up.
0: So you feel like your privacy was violated based on the court's ruling. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, everything's like different every everything is different it it makes you feel like you can't even trust your own doctors because you don't know if all that information is going into some big database where seeing who had a period and who didn't
0: oh why do you think that the court decided to overturn roe and what led to that decision Uh,
1: i think trump the former president really impacted the courts by appointing conservative extremists to the court I feel like it's fair to call them extremists when they act against public opinion and previous policy and all they care about is themselves. They don't care about the well-being of others. But he really packed the courts and screwed all of us.
0: The interpretation by the court of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause changed in the Dobbs ruling. Do you feel like that weakens any other 14th Amendment decisions?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is just the beginning. Next is going to be... Gay marriage. Next is going to be whether gay people can adopt. And then it's going to be interracial couples. We're just at the top of the iceberg here.
0: All right, thanks so much for taking the time to meet with me today. My mission in shedding light on all of this inequality is not to invoke fear into the people of this country. Although it does make me anxious for the future, we cannot let fearful emotions paralyze us into accepting worse conditions for ourselves. Hear me when I say, feel your emotions. Let yourself be disappointed and have conversations with your family and your community on efforts on how to right these injustices. Register to vote online or in person, vote early by mail or on election day, Plan to make your voice heard. And plan to make the voices around you heard. That's how we can ensure real change happens. And that's how we can get things done. I'll leave you with this. In a nation that never ceases to shock us with its political upheaval, that never seems to make us grimace with injustices, take a moment for yourself. Let yourself feel disappointed, angry, or upset. And then organize keep in touch with yourself but make sure your voice is heard and be loud in the absence of conversation is the absence of democracy
1: thank you general counsel
0: <laughs> I'm Preston Burdett, and this has been Dobbs B. Jackson and the Mitigating Effects of Executive Action. A special thanks to CNN, NBC, BBC, the National Archives, and the UWM Library Department of Digital Reserve. Information in this podcast is provided by the Biden Administration, the Food and Drug Administration, the National Institute of Health, Pew Research, CNN, the New England Journal of Medicine, the Office of the Federal Register, and the Supreme Court of the United States.